Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Infrastructure bill. The cost for the future will be much lower than any 3.5. 3.5 trillion dollar spending. It would wreck our economy, it would increase inflation. In Afghanistan. Stop asking the Taliban for permission. We only routed the Taliban. We did not defeat them. September 11. There is no specific threat directed at New York City. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Boy, this is one of those days we could go probably three hours. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, sad story out of Wrightsville Beach. A North Carolina father has drowned earlier today trying to save his son. They were fishing, and the tidal current took his son out. The dad went to try to save the son. Uh, The father's name was Bo Sathapong, and uh, they were visiting from Hickory. The uh, son was uh, saved. No, I'm I'm sorry. This is being reported today. It actually happened back on September the 4th. Sorry about that. But uh, the son was rescued by a kayaker, but uh, the father was pulled in by a... uh, fishing vessel and uh but they could not revive them so got to be careful out there especially you know boy if you get around the end of one of the islands where the uh, tides just come in and out like a uh raging river it uh it can take you out quick and there's been you know several storms um at sea not really affecting this other other than the uh the currents and all and well isn't there a hurricane larry or something out near the yeah, bahamas like, or the bermuda or out, somewhere uh, there? yeah i think it's out bermuda way but uh and it says it's supposed to make the swells even larger this weekend mm-hmm. over in north carolina so joe biden um this is really interesting there was a story out just today from politico talking about how cousin eddie when he gives these public remarks, the White House staffers cringe to the point that some of the White House staff have admitted that they will not watch him live. And if the video is on, they'll turn the sound down. They'll mute the sound. They cannot take it. They're, they're so terrified of what they're going to have to clean up. And he did it today again. He had prepared remarks. At the end of his prayer, prepared remarks, he said, I'm supposed to stop and walk out of the room. <laughs> you can't make it up. You know, he, how many, how many times has he done this in just the last uh, 30 days? I mean, it's like every, well, he doesn't talk to the press much at all, but when he does, he, he makes those comments or either that or, you know, hey, I'm supposed to call on Tom Lamprick next or, you know. He, he won't call on he me. Wouldn't call, yeah, he wouldn't call on any of us, that's for sure, but it, and, and then I heard on one of the Fox News uh, little panels where they have your you know your token your token liberal or two, and then your conservatives. Someone actually said I forget who it was, and, and she was like, "Well, look, everybody has has known for years that Joe Biden has a speech impediment." <laughs> I mean, I cannot take one thing comes out of her mouth with any seriousness at all. If you try to defend Joe Biden and don't say it, go back and listen to the Clarence Thomas hearings and tell me that he had a speech impediment. Well, just even in, um, you know, when he, uh, well, he was eight years ago, four years ago when he was vice president. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's always said stupid things, but that's uh, not a speech impediment. No, but that's a brain impediment. Yeah, but he's, um, but now, I mean, he just can't keep a thought in his head more than a couple of minutes. It's just. (laughs) 
Jen Psaki was on David Axelrod's podcast this a while back, earlier this year. She said, she admitted, a lot of times we say, don't take questions. But he's going to do what he wants to do. He's the president of the United States. He knows he's a gaffe machine, but uh, it's it's interesting. They the staffers they cringe. Well, his you know he's always had a huge well all politicians have got huge egos, but Biden has always thought that he was oh, the smartest yeah, guy in yeah, the room, yeah. and every person knew that he was maybe at the bottom <laughs> of the room <laughs> even when he was in his forties. That's but, what makes it so humorous. But he, but his ego won't let him not no, take a question. No, there, there's no. certain people that. Everybody else knows eh, they're not quite with it, but yet they think they have got it together. Well, Biden has always been. I mean, I, I've watched him. I mean, gosh, I've watched him since he's been in politics almost, <laughs> which is a long time. I mean, he's always want, been one of these people, which are the most dangerous people. They do not know what they don't know. That is yeah, the most yeah, dangerous yeah. person. But, man, he puts on those aviator sunglasses. Oh, he yeah, thinks he's, he's cool something. Joe. He yeah, thinks he's, he's cool. cool Joe. And cool then man on campus. Now he's even got a leather jacket he wears out in the in the rose garden with don't, Jill when they're walking yeah. the dog. Don't know? get any ice cream on it. <laughs> uh, but Joe's approval rating's not going well. The Federalist is reporting that Joe's rating has plunged below 40% this week, according to a new YouGov Economist poll. Overall, approximately 50% of the 1,500 Americans, that's a pretty good-sized survey, disapproved of Biden's White House track record, while only 39 percent approve. Even among registered voters, Biden's approval sits around 43 percent, while his disapproval is 52 percent. Democrats still show strong loyalty to Biden. 77 percent approve, 15 percent still say no, we don't think so. Uh, Approximately 89 percent of GOP voters disapprove of Biden's performance. This is the this is the key right here. 56% 56% of independents disapprove. Mm-hmm. 55% of black Americans say they approve. But that means, you know, um, 45% of black Americans don't approve of Joe Biden. Only 41% of Hispanics approve of Joe Biden. I mean, th- aren't they not relying on the Hispanic vote? I mean, they, they seem to think that uh, the Hispanics will automatically vote for Joe Biden, vote for the Democrat. Yeah. Well, when you look at the breakdown of, of how people voted, uh, assuming, you know, you just throw out some illegal votes, but how people voted, hey, it, it wasn't those people that put them in. It was Republicans and independents that put Joe Biden in office. I hate this, to say it. This, no, you're right. I mean, if, if and it, that's one of my huge pet peeves right now, is there are a lot of, quote, evangelical Christians who were— Evangelicals for Biden, you know, you like what you got now? Uh, but this this survey is interesting. White women with degrees, a demographic that Biden—this uh, th- is one demographic that certainly did help Joe Biden in the last election. Um, the approval rating by white women with degrees, only 53 percent, 42 percent disapprove. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I'd love to go back and find out what the percentages were in the actual vote. Kamala Harris didn't do any better, by the way. Uh, she was also included in this poll, and uh, n- she's she's just as bad, maybe worse. Is she? Um, I didn't. I, I forgot that she was vice president because she's been kind of. She has hiding. disappeared. I mean, she's like bad as Joe Biden was in the basement for a year and a half. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it is curious. I mean, that you bring up a great point. It is curious why she has disappeared. 
Because, look, nothing happens by accident in D.C. Everything no. is by design. Mm. Why has she disappeared? And, you know, you almost have to ask yourself, okay, what is the next surprise out of D.C.? Is, 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 are, are they trying to keep her undercover because they know if, she, you know, just like Joe, if she talks, we're in trouble? Well, she's a gaff machine for sure, but um, it was a week or ten days Cackle ago. Cackle machine. Um, <laughs> there you go, Clark. On cue. <laughs> a week or ten days ago, they had a poll on the vice president, and her numbers were horrible, like the I'm worst speaking. of all time of poll numbers. According to this, Kamala Harris, well, yeah, because usually the vice president is a nobody. And, you know, they're they're right around 50-50. Well, you know, you, you go out and survey people. They don't even know half the people don't know who the vice president is. And so they, but anyway, um, vice president Kamala Harris poll numbers in this poll, again, this is a uh, YouGov economist poll. Overall, 52% of American voters have an unfavorable view of Harris. 39% have a favorable even 17% of Democrats dislike her. That's uh, more than the 15% that disapprove of Biden. So Democrats like her less than they like Joe Biden. Um, last week, a poll from ABC News, Washington Post, indicated that only 44% of more than the 1,000 adults surveyed there approve of Biden's track record. 51% disapprove. Uh, so for neither of uh, the two in the White House, the president and the vice president, not not real good news for him. Well, I was running late today and didn't get a chance to ask you guys, but did you get my perfect movie clip that describes the Joe Biden <laughs> first eight months in office? We got it, but it didn't pass the FCC's uh, oh, did it? Uh, okay. sensor standards, okay. so we couldn't play it. But, oh, uh, come on, man. <laughs> hmm. uh, well, how can we, uh, can we do the PG version? The sun doesn't shine on a dog's butt. How, how does it go? Well, you give it. You, you, you like it. You're, 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 well, see, my, long before the movie Hoosiers, that was a, a movie a line in the Hoosiers movie. Long before that, my granddad used to tell me that years ago that the sun don't shine on the same dog's rear end every day. You know, he, he would always tell me that when I'd just done something like uh, made a great play in sports or Doesn't got an twice. award or something. So it kind of. That was a really encouraging grandpa well, there. Well, but anyway, uh, but in that movie, she says, she tells him that, but but you hadn't seen a ray of sunshine since you've been here. Well, I don't think Biden's seen a ray of sunshine since he's been in office. No, no. Uh, he's, I'm surprised he's not paler than he is. Uh, the News and Observer has got an interesting story out today. A North Carolina judge is giving state lawmakers until mid-October to fully fund a plan for improving public education or else he'll take action. State Superior Court Judge David Lee said today that he was very disheartened that the General Assembly is funding only a small part of a plan that calls for at least $5.6 billion in new education funding by 2028. Lee said that if the plan isn't fully funded by an October 18th court hearing, He'll entertain options for how the court may exercise its remedial powers to remedy this constitutional deficiency. Uh, he said, I don't want to hold anybody in contempt, but this is, uh, this is bizarre. Uh, one of the um, Pat Ryan, who's a spokesperson for Senate leader Phil Berger, said, I don't know how much clearer we can be. If Judge Lee wants to help decide how to spend state dollars, a role that has been exclusively the domain of the legislative branch since the state's founding, then Judge Lee should run for a seat in the House or the Senate. 
That's where the Constitution directs state budgeting decisions to be made, not some county trial judge. Uh, Well said by Pat Ryan and uh, Phil Berger, I'm sure, gave him those thoughts. But uh, this is bizarre. Again, this is judicial activism. I I don't know anything about this Judge David Lee. I don't know if he's a Republican, independent, a Democrat, a Libertarian. I don't know anything about him. I I tried to look him up. I couldn't find much information on him. But the idea that a judge is going to dictate to the state legislature how to put together their budget is is bizarre. And this idea that he's got some state constitutional grounds, the North Carolina Constitution, I mean, there is no federal constitutional right to education. However, in North Carolina, it does give children, the state constitution gives children a right to an education through both the state constitution and state laws. The Constitution addresses Article One, Section 15, that people have a right to the privilege of an education. It's the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right. Uh, Section 9, education has 10 sections. Section 1 says the means of education shall be ever encouraged. Uh, Section 2 addresses the duty of the state and the local governments to provide, to provide uniform system of free public schools. Section 3 addresses school attendance. Section 5, 6, and 7 talks about free public schools. There's also state uh, laws that say the same, but it doesn't say anything about how much you should spend. Uh, this is just, this is bizarre for a judge to be interjecting. And it is so infuriating when these judges make these pronouncements of which they really have n- no power. I mean, it's, I, I don't know why the state legislature should even give it the time of day because this guy has no right to make these demands. As, I, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a constitutional whiz, but I, I can read the Constitution. I don't see anything in there that gives this judge the right to tell the state lawmakers what they must do. And he admits that this $5.6 billion in new education funding isn't complete until 2028. Uh, I mean, I, I really do wonder, and again, I couldn't find out a lot about it. I, I see you looking him up as we speak. Uh, is this his way of trying to put the governor in a, in a positive light? Because among other things, even though the state legislature has given teachers raises over the last, I don't know how many years, a pretty good percentage raise over the last 10 years, uh, this would increase teachers' pay by another 5%. Uh, it'd be more funding for low-wealth school districts and expansion of the North Carolina pre-K program. But again, I, I don't know where this judge gets off on making these mandates. I can't find anything about him, but, you know, regardless of what party affiliation he is, I I would be surprised if he's not a Democrat. <laughs> I, I mean, cause, Progressive anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, you rarely see, and I know Democrats and liberals would disagree with me, but you, you rarely see Republican judges interject themselves into right. a decision. Right. I mean, they make decisions all the time that I don't like, but at the same time, hey, it was it was the right decision. There's too many there's too many judges think that they're <laughs> that they're, you know, the legislative arm and uh, it's just another case of that it seems like. Speaking of judges There's a liberal group out there that thinks Brett Kavanaugh has interjected himself in decisions concerning the pro-life movement. We'll talk about that later in the program. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. 
I'm a bit confused. Cutting through the confusion. Why are they forcing the vaccine on people at all? News and views. Should I get it? Should I not get it? To bring you clarity and certainty. I am just, I'm tired of it. So I'm losing trust in all of it. Now back to news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Take a look at your weather forecast. The chance of showers tonight, late tonight, uh, low around 73. So you're going to see some rain overnight. And then tomorrow afternoon, it comes in earnest. A 70% chance of rain tomorrow afternoon, a high near 82. And then tomorrow night, the showers continue. Most of the showers will be earlier in the evening. Tomorrow's low around 62. Friday looks great. Sunny with a high near 82. And uh, cool on Friday night. You were saying the other day how you like the cool weather you woke up to the other day. Oh, yeah. Friday night's low is going to be around 57. I had to have a fire in the fire pit Friday night. No, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, this just in... Fox News is reporting that Republican California gubernatorial candidate Larry Elder had eggs thrown at him while he was walking in Los Angeles. Now, the reason why this is significant, of course, our conservative audience is smart, intelligent, well-informed. They know that Larry Elder is a black man. Who was throwing the eggs? A white liberal woman. And then the woman comes up and smacks one of the security guards that's there for Larry Elder— I couldn't tell if he was an African. I think he was a, uh, a Caucasian guy, yeah, was, big, yeah. a big man, old, but he looked like he was, could have been in his fifties. Mm. And uh, she comes up and, and hits him on the side of the face, and he pushes her back, and then she starts screaming, "Hit me again! Hit me again! Hit me again!" He should have knocked her teeth out. Not that I'm promoting violence, but he should have knocked her teeth out. Well, the truth of the matter <laughs> is, we were talking during the break. You know, with these Antifa things, you know, every now and then, you know, you see the Antifa attack somebody, and they mess with the wrong, you know, they yeah. mess with a, a, an ex-Navy SEAL or something, and suddenly they're lying on the ground, and they're crying, and they're running. <laughs> yeah, the funny part to me, when I, you've particularly seen it out west, but when you see these Antifa types, you know, they start you know, throwing stuff or, or doing things, and a guy that rides by in a pickup truck with big tires wearing a cowboy hat, I'm like, you have a bad you just don't know how to profile and the guy gets out and beats the crap out of him i love it (laughs) well and again this woman obviously a white woman liberal white woman yeah she's got some black mask on her face and you know it's uh, but here i mean again liberals love to use the race card when it benefits them but uh, you know if this was a conservative attacking a liberal black mm. candidate? Oh, my gosh. Well, the one thing that I always agree with Malcolm X was that the most dangerous thing to a black man is the white liberal, and I, I do I do agree with that. Well, and, if you're a conservative and, black man like Larry Elder, yeah, big time. In the last couple of weeks, Larry Elder, you know, he's been moving up in the polls and looks like They're he getting could, scared. I, I mean, they actually said on MSNBC, one of the, one of the pundits on there said that he was the— um, is the black face? face of white supremacists. Yeah, yeah. White supremacy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm sure it was some it was probably some white liberal that said it. Oh, it was. Yeah. So that's happening in California. A left-wing group is planning a protest next week outside of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home in reaction to his decision to dismiss a challenge to Texas controversial abortion law. Kavanaugh, you're going to hear directly from us, reads a uh, Facebook event from Shutdown D.C., now, this same group 
shut down D.C. came after Josh Hawley. And uh, Hawley's wife, Erin, was alone back in Missouri with her young kids. And these people came, I mean, scared the bejubies out of her. And remember, I think this was the same group that actually tried to attack uh, Tucker Carlson's house oh, and yeah. wife. And, I mean, these people are violent. And quite frankly, I mean, it, it needs, you know, these people, if they step one foot onto Kavanaugh's property, they need to be arrested and taken away. And, uh, but this, this is bizarre, though. This, this group says, quote, we warned what would happen. And now in the dead of the night, Kavanaugh and four of his colleagues have effectively overturned the right to an abortion. Although we must acknowledge that the right wing had already succeeded in making abortion largely inaccessible for many people without means and people of cover, color living in certain states. Yeah, the irony of it all, Margaret Sanger and the Planned Parenthood folks are doing their best to kill off as many black babies as they can. I mean, you look at the majority of Planned Parenthood clinics and they're in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Margaret Sanger was a racist from the... I mean, she was. and Eugenics. And for, and for you Hillary Clinton lovers out there, she was Hillary Clinton's idol. Yeah. Unbelievable. Her, her and um, Saul Alinsky. So you've got this group that is basically said, we're coming after Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, frankly, I, that we need to pass some sort of legislation that even such a threat. Now, I mean, if you, thre- if you threaten the president like this, they would come and investigate you and arrest mm-hmm. you if they thought there was there was credence to the accusations. Why should we not investigate and arrest a group that is threatening one of our Supreme Court justices? Yeah, he's got family, small kids. Yeah. Um, mm, it, that, that could get ugly. And, and I'm sure he won't have any protection. And, you know, why is it? that you're constantly seeing the left turn to violence. I mean, they're always talking about, oh, you know, if, if you ever mention civil war, oh, you know, you're anarchist. And the, the, the anarchy is coming from the left. Well, it gets them off, top, off the topic of defending their ideas that they can't don't work. Them. Yeah. I mean, they can't defend them. You know, just, you know, just because you're <laughs> a loud a-hole, you're still an a-hole. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about that, but anyway, they think being louder, you, I mean, it makes your point, and, and violence, and it's, it's crazy. These liberals, it, and you look, uh, you had Rand Paul that was assaulted, almost yeah, he put, and his in, wife. put in a hospital. They were doing the same thing. Oh, oh you mean up when he's mowing yeah. his yard. Well, and then it, they came after him after uh, the Trump uh, announcement. And uh, they were doing the same thing to Mitch McConnell yeah. you know, a couple of years ago when he was in power. Um, like you, you said, you mentioned Tucker Carlson. I mean, hey, these people, I mean, they have a right to, for safety and protection and to protect themselves. So if, you know, if Kavanaugh, if something happens um, while protecting him, I mean, hey, they, whoever it is, they got what's coming to them as far as but I'm concerned. Know, they, they still go back to Charlottesville where some nut runs over this young girl with, with his car. And I, I'm not defending that at all. But he wasn't with an organization. No, he, he wasn't. He was just some redneck was a nut. nut. Yeah. And yet you've got an organization that pronounces ahead of time, we're coming after you. 
Mm. I mean, really, we need to uh, get on this and get on this quickly. Now, I mean, right now, if you're a Republican in the House and you announce some legislation, Nancy Pelosi would never allow it to get to the floor. No. Mm -hmm. The Daily Wire is reporting the largest Confederate monument displayed in the United States was removed from public view today over a year after blackface Governor Ralph Northam called for its removal following the death of George Floyd. So Governor Ralph, who dresses up in blackface, well, I I guess he was the guy dressed up in blackface from his uh, college yearbook. Maybe he was the guy in the clown outfit. I mean, the clan outfit. (laughs) Clown, clan, same thing. Uh, But he is, uh, he's called for the removal of uh, the Robert E. Lee statue. So Monument Avenue in Richmond. Yep. Yeah. It was unveiled back in 1890. It, at the time, it was in a field well outside of Richmond, which now it's basically downtown Richmond. 21-foot statue features Lee on horseback on top of a 40-foot granite base. The whole monument was about six stories tall. Northam called for its removal last year, saying that we could no longer honor a system that was based on the buying and selling of enslaved people. <laughs> now, I actually talked to someone that is probably one of the premier experts on military history in the United States earlier today. I actually asked him to come on because he is a history genius when it comes to not only the Civil War, but World War II or his specialties. And, you know, it was really interesting. He, I mean, one, it's, it's sad because he said, Tom, I'd like to. He said, but nobody's listening. I, I can I can tell you all kinds of stories about Robert E. Lee, but nobody's listening. And he's a he's a college professor. I'm not going to mention his name because he's not he's just outside of our listening area. But um, good guy, nice guy, smart guy, knows a lot about Lee. But you know he was saying a couple of things about Robert E. Lee that I understand. Okay, if you want to put a plaque up and 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 talk about the past, but he is a part of our history. But Lee was anti-slavery. Lee's family owned slaves at Arlington, and of course he lost his, you know, anything that he had during the war was disappeared, including, you know, the Arlington uh, plantation. Sort of Arlington National Cemetery is located. Yeah, it it is now, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he ended up inheriting some slaves, which once he taught them a trade, he freed them all prior to the war. He was uh, asked to come before a joint session of Congress after the war, uh, and he's, you know, he was talking about w- what had, had happened and his views on slavery, and he said, listen, I've lost everything during this war, and I would do it all again if it got rid of slavery. I mean, the, 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 the bottom line is these people that are making—they they don't know anything about history, and they want to change history— and it's it's just sad that we're never going to know history. And we're look. I know there's flaws in everybody. I'm not trying to paint Robert E. Lee as the best guy that ever lived, but this is a misrepresentation of history. Well, the governor of Virginia. I mean, he's a life a lifetime resident of Virginia. Uh, <laughs> where where was he on the issue of General Robert E. Lee's statue for the last? 
25, 30, well, actually 35 years of public life. He never mentioned it. It's just, it was the flavor today. Yep, George Floyd. Past Sir George, Sir George Floyd rights, you know, the yep. the ones that uh, the liberals want to knight, the fentanyl drug addict that the fentanyl, they want to knight, and now all of a sudden, oh, they all got to come down. It's ridiculous. We're going to take another time out. Lots more to talk about, including some stuff that's going over in Afghanistan and uh, the lies that are coming out of the Biden administration. Stay with us. We'll talk about that and more. We'll be right back. your drive at five and enc with tom lamprecht welcome back to news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in so did you hear about the mother of marine corps lance corporal kareem nokii her name is uh shanna chappell hmm. she uh posted on facebook that she would love for donald trump to attend the funeral for her son he was one of the 13 that lost his life uh, he's going to be laid to rest on September the 18th. Nokii was one of the uh, service members, and uh, she said, Thank you, Mr. President Donald Trump, for your beautiful response to me. I would love if somehow my president, you, Mr. Trump, could be present as I lay my beautiful baby boy, Lance Corporal Kareem Nokoi, to rest. It would be such an honor to meet the real president of the United States of America, President Trump, I love you, and America loves you. She wrote, thank you for all the things you have done, for honoring my son, for your love, your support. Thank you for all the kind words and your accounts to get me, get me my account back. Much love to you all. Stay strong. Now's the time we need to fight back. We don't stop until we have our country back on our feet. And in response to that, Donald Trump, first of all, took a screenshot of her post on Facebook saying, thank you, Shanna. And our country loves you and especially loves your beautiful boy, Kareem. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to attend the funeral or not. But after this uh, mom posted her criticism of Joe Biden, Facebook and Instagram immediately took her accounts off, took them down. Um, they did restore them and said, oh, it was a mistake. It was an error. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I listen, mm. I... I rarely go into Facebook anymore. I'm really thinking about just canceling my account. I mean, I, I go in there once in a blue moon now. I really think we ought to all cancel our Facebook accounts. I mean, mm -hmm. These people are sick. They are. They're, and look, you can live without it. I mean, just l learn to make a phone call or just text message your friends. It's amazing what they do to c censor people because I've, I've got so many examples of of information that's that's valid information, actual videos of actual things that's happened, and if it's anti-Democrat Party, anti-progressive, anti-Black Lives Matter, whatever, it will not get posted. Kiss it goodbye. Mm -hmm. Suspicions confirmed the Daily Wire is reporting the Biden administration and the State Department refused to give approval to private charter planes seeking to evacuate Americans and Afghanis from al their our allies from Afghanistan. And this is now confirmed through a leaked email. The State Department refused to grant official approval for private evacuation flights from Afghanistan to land in third countries. And we knew this was 
happening, but now it's actually been confirmed by an email that was uh, obtained by Fox News. Um, you know, this morning, Glenn Beck had on his show um, some someone, and I, I don't recall their name, that's part of the process, private process of, of getting people. And, you know, Glenn Beck, what, what we talked about, the Nazarene Fund is right. involved in it. Right. But they actually said the State Department were denying them for, you know, certain paperwork. Yeah, that's what they said. And, and, and said um, – <laughs> And said, "Hey, we, you know, you have to go to the embassy. Well, there is no embassy. You allow the embassy to be taken over by the Taliban. You know, I, I mean, Tony Blinken, Anthony Blinken, Anthony. S- said, quote, we have been assured again that all American citizens and Afghan citizens with valid travel documents will be allowed to leave. It's my understanding that the Taliban has not denied exit to anyone holding a valid document. That's at a town hall today. What a bunch of BS. Mm. You, uh, you tell me, I'll tell you a little bit about our Secretary of State because I, I, I was curious about him. Where'd he come from? Well, he's basically been an assistant to Joe Biden in Congress, his foreign affairs assistant forever when he wasn't working in the State Department. So, this is just so the, the guy that Bob Gates, uh, that was President Obama's Secretary of Defense, right? right? Yep. That yep. said that. Joe Biden had been, been wrong, wrong on for every everything. foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. This guy's well, this the is, guy in charge. And now he's our Secretary <laughs> of State. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, I mean, the idea, I, I mean, he's either the most naive idiot that's ever been the Secretary of State, or he's a liar, or both. Hmm. But the idea, I mean, look, I, I know nothing, I'm, I'm no expert on the Taliban, but I do know that it's a, it's a religion. Yeah. They're jihadists. They think that they're going to get extra virgins if they kill more Americans. And you're talking like they're rational people. They're not. Yeah, and the, and what, the top four or five uh, people in the Taliban now is yeah. the ones that were released from, uh, by President Obama. They're calling, it, they're calling it the Obama dividend. <laughs> four out of the five Guantanamo detainees who former— President Barack Obama released in exchange for Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl in 2014 now hold senior positions in the interim government created by the Taliban in Afghanistan. The same Barack Obama that said ISIS was the junior varsity. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And, and now, um, and uh, wasn't Biden just saying a week or so ago that, you know, Al Qaeda is, is gone? Al Qaeda is not an issue? Uh, no. Al Qaeda is now basically in charge. Oh, and the other the other interesting thing too has been reported today. U.S. U.S. News and World Report is reporting that China is considering deploying military to the Bagram Air Force Base, mm-hmm. our Air Force Base that we put a billion dollars into. Not only have we handed eighty five billion dollars in arms to the Taliban, we're now going to hand over the keys to the Bagram Air Force Base. To the Chinese, they'll they'll have our um, they'll have our embassy over there. You watch, China take it over. They'll they'll rent it to China. You know, China. I, China. I, I hope and pray, <laughs> as Trump says. And I'm, I, I, you know, I don't even want to bring this up, but I hope and pray that um, September 11th comes and goes without mm. any incidents. But you know, isn't it ironic that, or, or maybe it was planned by the Biden administration, and somebody just texted me and said, you know, uh, Blinken is a, a traitor. And <laughs> it's interesting because I put down on my notes, 
these people really need to be investigated for treason. Mm-hmm. I mean, for treason. I mean, these people are our enemies. You talk about helping out the bad guys. You talk about enabling our enemies. I mean, they, they, look, they, they, and it, they, they themselves have said they want to eliminate us. I mean, it's not. I'm not going out on a limb here. Well, you you want to think? I mean, part of me thinks you know these guys cannot be this stupid. It's intentional. <laughs> oh, that, I've said that for weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you you know it. I I just heard Sean, and I understand what he's saying. But on the way in, I was hearing Sean. You know, he talked about how you know he's in, impaired and he's got cognitive issues, and but I don't disagree with that. But quite frankly, I would wish that that was all it was. Mm. He's he is the useful idiot. <laughs> if it was it was merely incompetence, and he's making these decisions on incompetence, his incompetence is allowing other people to use him to make these decisions. It's th- these decisions are not because they're stupid, and I think we're being stupid if that if, if we're going to leave it at that. I you know to say well, well it's just their incompetence, therefore it's, no. Well, you know, Biden, you know, I guarantee his whole thought process is just getting to the end of the teleprompter without saying top of the page, bottom of the page, (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) you know. Listen, we got to take another time. Yeah, I know. Joe, oh boy. Pray for our country. We're in bad shape. Hey, stay with us, though. We'll be right back. Hollywood. You don't know everything about me. Watch up, Dad. Fake stories made to entertain. The tree that heals all. But real life deserves real news. The Delta variant. The cases rise. We don't need mandates. Get this border secure. Reopening schools. Raging inflation. Inappropriate sexual advances. We separate fact from fiction. The world has a way of changing. The reality of what's happening. This is real life. Eastern Carolina's place to talk about... Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Portland State University professor Peter Baghassian has resigned in an open letter which he accuses the administration of Portland State University of fostering an environment hostile to intellectual inquiry and dissent. A philosophy professor and well-known critic of woke ideologies came out today and said that the university had created a social justice factory where students were taught to mimic the moral certainty of ideologues. I never once believed, nor do I now, that the purpose of instruction was to lead my students to a particular conclusion, he wrote. Rather, I sought to create the conditions for rigorous thought to help them gain tools to hunt uh, for their own conclusions. That's why I became a teacher and why I love teaching. But Brick by brick, the university has made this kind of intellectual exploration impossible. It has transformed a bastion of free inquiry into a social justice factory whose only inputs were race, gender, and victimhood, and whose only outputs were grievance and division. Uh, The university had no response. What's he going to do now? I think he'll have a lot of offers at a lot of other universities. I mean, there's there are still some quality universities around, private universities. They'd have to be private. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it'd be interesting to find, are there any really good conservative state universities? Uh, I don't know of any. They're not in North Carolina, I can tell you that. <laughs> 
Sorry. Uh, that's interesting. And so is this other story out of the New York Post. Billionaire entrepreneur Mark Lore wants to build the nation's first woke city. I don't think uh, this uh, professor will have anything to do with this new city. Um, former Walmart, Sam Walton's rolling over in his grave, former Walmart executive and e-commerce billionaire Mark Lore wants to build the first woke city from scratch somewhere in the U.S. Lore last week unveiled plans for his utopia called Telesia, Telosia, which is the uh, ancient Greek word for telos, which means highest purpose. The mission of this new city is to create a more equitable, sustainable future. That's our North Star, Lore said. We're going to be the most open, the most fair, and the most inclusive city in the world. Are you going to be the most transparent? Because that's what all good liberals say. Mm -hmm. The key to the city's plan is Lore's economic vision, in which the land upon which the city is built will be donated to a community endowment. Residents, in turn, own, own their own homes in the land and are enriched as home values increase, according to the project site. And after a period of hypergrowth, residents can buy the land from the community endowment. If you went into the desert where the land is worth nothing or very little, you created a foundation that owned the land and the people moved there and the tax dollars built the infrastructure and we build one of the greatest cities in the world. Now, it's interesting that this guy is a billionaire. Because it appears to me that his head is up his rear end. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the idea that we're we're going to have this kumbaya, that everybody's going to be equal, that there's not going to be any kind of hierarchy, there's not going to be the rich, the poor, we're all going to share, it's all going to be wonderful. While the current economic system, economic system is a growth engine, it has led to increasing inequality. So he wants this uh, equality of uh, everyone at the city, just mm -hmm. this is how we're going to do things in the future. Now, what's interesting about this is this guy is part owner in the Minnesota Timberwolves, the NBA team. I asked Benny, okay, well, do you let the poor people come in for free? <laughs> do you pay the janitor the same amount that you pay your 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 center? Yeah, and as as he was making his company successful and and selling it out uh, and making a billion dollars, did he pay everyone in his company yeah. the same? Did he make the same thing as the lowest level uh, software designer in his company? Well, listen, I, I could, bet I, not. he could save himself a lot of work by just if you want everything to be equal, you know what? Figure out what the average income is, the medium income of uh, Americans. You take that per year and give the rest away. Wouldn't that be a lot easier oh, yeah. than building a whole city? And by the way, um, did the Pilgrims try this and fail miserably? Yeah, he hadn't read any history. I mean, he might be <laughs> a good tech guy, but he didn't pay attention in history class. <laughs> hey, listen, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. Pray for America. We'll play a little political trivia tomorrow. All right? We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.